This is Talking Devils, the leading independent Manchester United podcast. I'm your host, Wayne Barton, joined by a couple of former Manchester United players to talk over the evening's game at Old Trafford. And doesn't it feel good to say that? Joined by Lee Lawrence and Phil Marsh, former United players. Um, I'll come to you first, Phil. If you're watching... Oh, in fact, before I come to the lads first, let me go through the routine. It's been that long since we've been doing the podcast. I've completely lost the drill of how we do it. If you're watching live on YouTube, feel free to comment and get your questions in. If you're watching the replay as well, feel free to comment. We do reply. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on the platform you're listening on. And if you if you are watching live, I do apologise because, you know, you can see Phil and Lee have really got the Christmas spirit going on with their excellent trees, and I've just got my usual sad but beautifully designed office backdrop. Um, I, I can say that because I didn't do it. Um, we're here to talk about United against Burnley. United won, so we're obviously in better spirits than we would have been if it had been a bit flatter. Um, I'll come to you first, Phil. It's been a few weeks. Um, well, in fact, we've all been in the wars. Um, we don't want to dwell on our personal issues right now, but um, we've all had little battles over the sort of World Cup weeks. Um, how are you doing? You all right? Yeah, yeah, obviously feeling a lot better than I have been. Um, I think, you know, I, I was really unwell over the uh, last week or so, but just sort of coming through the other side of that now, thankfully. Um, so, yeah, other than that, mate, everything's good. Good to obviously see United back playing. Um, obviously, I yeah, really enjoyed the World Cup. I thought it was a brilliant uh, competition. Um, and the final was, you know, one of the best games I've seen in a long while. Um nice. But, yeah, it's great to see United back in action um, and to see some of the players um, back in the red shirt. It was great tonight, yeah. Lee, um, how are you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, all the same. All good, mate. Thank you. Lovely to be back on the podcast. I can't remember the last time we actually did one. It seems uh, seems a lifetime ago now since the before the World Cup. Uh, glad to be back on, mate. Uh, like Phil just said, glad to see United back in action again. Uh, starting off with a win is always nice. A little bit predictable. At the start, I think, but uh, I'm sure we'll go through that in a bit. But a win's a win, um, you know. I think we grew into the game, and we, we, I would have t- took that before kick off. So happy man going to bed tonight. Yeah, um, <laughs> everyone wants to go to bed. We'll not keep everyone up too long. Uh, we'll talk about Manchester United two, Burnley nil. We're in the hat for the next round. Um, a, a pretty entertaining first half, to be fair. After it, it, you could see the ring rust was in there a little bit, but. Eight minutes it took for, for a real chance to come in. Garnacho gets the opportunity and he should really score because he couldn't get the ball out of his feet. Then there's the um, goal that comes halfway through the first half. Bruno, it's his pass. Wambasaka from the byline pulls it back in a position we don't often see him, to be fair. First of all, in the team to start off with, but second of all, um, on, on the byline, he pulled it back. Ericsson scored. He was in the right place at the right time. Um, Dubrovka, um, just about 10 minutes before half time, makes a good save from Benson. Benson had been a really strong threat in the first half an hour, and then you had this sort of crazy five minutes from Dubrovka where he, he misses a cross. Um, Casemiro needs to clear it, needs to clear it off the line, and then um, he misses a Casemiro pass and nearly is like rolling towards the goal. And you're thinking, oh my god, what's going on? Um, there was a moment, you know, McTominay did well. Um, created a chance for Martial to, you know, he had an opportunity, but he didn't um, score from it. Um, 
Rashford scored this amazing goal in the first half. He had some problems with the fullback that he was marking. I think it was Benson that he was coming up against in the first half. He's having a few problems against him because he seemed to have the, the mark of him. But then Rashford took him to town for that goal in the second half. He, he runs it. I don't want to be bestowing the greatest ever goal that United have scored again on, on Rashford. But there was a similarity with the way that Giggs ran with the ball against Arsenal, where Rashford was running with purpose. Albeit, he had a couple of Burnley defenders and not four of the best defenders in the country on his back. Um, but it, the movement did remind me of it. Um, and from then on, after he scored that goal, United were completely comfortable in con complete control, made the changes, saw the game out. Um, I, we talk about it all, lads, but uh, the first of all, I, I guess I want to say, like, you know, it's a World Cup, uh, post-World Cup game. United have been in a situation where they've had a lot of players there. Tenar got a difficult choice to make what, what he did with the players that he had and the players that were coming back. Um, Lee, I'll come to you first. Do you think that he made the right selection? I, I know it's justified by the result in, in a sense, but do you think, considering the selection that he had, that he made the right choice with the team that he picked? Yeah, yeah, I think he, he made, you know, the right choice. I was a little bit flummoxed when I seen Casemiro playing centre-back, to be honest. I thought he would have uh, dropped McTominay in the um, so that threw me a little bit, but obviously he knows what he's doing because it, obviously it was probably for me the man of the match today. I know he had that one little bad pass at the end, but that's forgivable seeing he's a centre centre midfield player and not a centre back. But I think his uh, his composure on the ball was second to none. Um, to say he was playing at a position, he didn't leak that. He didn't leak that way. Um, so it shows that you know the manager knows a lot more than than I do really about the, the current squad. Um, the back, the back four in general is probably none of them get a game when we're all back fit. Um, but yeah, they did well. You know, I can't, I can't really criticise anyone. I think Scott was a little bit shaky out of out of the whole squad. Um, mm. Didn't look like he was up to speed as much as you know, or got up to speed as much as the rest. Looked like they was getting up to speed. But overall, like I say, fairly enjoyable. Um, happy with how we've started back from the World Cup and. Hopefully we can uh, we can take this confidence now what we should get from this and uh, when we get the boys back, obviously carry it through and uh, move on to bigger and better things. Yeah, Phil, a difficult one for the manager really. You know, he's you know all these players coming back and he's, I guess in some respects he was wanting to reward some of the players that had stayed behind, not not through choice. Obviously they would have wanted to go to the World Cup if if the country had qualified or if they had been good enough to get into the squad. Um, but you could see that, you know, like there were players like Wamba Saka who's been absolutely out in the wilderness, who was given an opportunity to. He's trying to be fair with them players as well. Um, considering the the program that United have got in front of them with the league games and the cup games, do you think that he made? And again, I know it's it's sort of going back on what I said to Lee that he's, he's somewhat justified by the result. But in terms of the players they picked, I mean, for example, would you prefer someone different to? To playing centre off than Casemiro, do you think they got it right? Um, I think it's one of them. It's you know, for me, looking at that squad tonight, I think the manager's just you know gone with what he thought was going to get a result. I think that's a potential cut for us to to sort of pinpoint this year as, as a potential cut we can go and win. And um, I think Burnley are a, a good seat, a good team under company. I think they're even there. They certainly showed that they can play good football and they're doing okay in the championship by all accounts so far. Um, so I think he's just gone as strong as he can do, as he could do really with uh, the players he's got available. Um, 
again, you know, Casemiro playing at centre half, maybe he could have played Bennett or one of the younger lads to maybe give them an opportunity. But again, you know, in hindsight, we've 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 won the game, and uh, yeah, for me, I think he's 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 made the right decision. Uh, I think a lot of the players who's been away at the World Cup have come back and got a little bit of. Uh, you know the cobwebs dusted off in terms of getting back into the, the the way of English football and back playing together as a unit. So I think that's good. Um, and as Lee said, you know when the rest of the boys come back in, I think you know we, we can move on from strength to strength. Yeah. Though if there was one concern tonight, and I don't want to go, you know, I don't like doing that with players, but there were there was a few um, scary moments with the broker in the first half. Um, we're not used to seeing that from goalkeepers. I mean, people criticised the hair for his feet, but there was three or four minutes, and even towards the end of the second half as well, it, a couple of unnecessary moments where you thought, mm, "This is this is a bit risky." Um, obviously, he's on loan, Lee. You don't really have too much criticism for a, a goalkeeper that is only really going to be a short term. You wouldn't think they were going to sign him. But it it was a little bit concerning, wasn't it? I mean, what do you put that down to? Do you put it down to the fact that there's been a few weeks between games and it's you know it t- takes a little time to warm up, or do you think that um, we should be a little bit more concerned by what we saw? Yeah, to be honest, in my notes here, I've just got the Brad going in capitals, nervous and shaky bit at the side of it because he was making me nervous every time the ball got put back to him. If I'm being honest, um, yeah, I think it's just a little bit of you know it's, it's match rustiness in it. You know, you've You've not really played a, a game for. I, I don't know. Has he been with us all season? He's not really, you know, got onto the pitch. So obviously, what you do in training is great, but you, you hear commentators say it all the time. You, there's nothing like having match fitness and uh, getting into the swing of things when you're playing week in week out. So I, I probably just put it a bit down to that. We know he's a quality keeper. Whether we keep him or not, I don't know. Um, but for me, I think what I took out of the game today, and don't, don't get me wrong, Martial was in and out. Uh, Rashford drew into it in the second half and had, you know, after his goal, like I said, a fantastic second half. But I think what it pinpointed for me is we're still in need of a number nine. That's what I kept thinking all the time when I was watching the game. I still think we need a number nine. And I don't know if it's a popular opinion or not, but the way you watched us breaking and how quick we were breaking with the lads, with Rashford on, obviously on one side and Ganeccio on the other when we brought Anthony on, I just couldn't help but thinking if we had Mbappe centre-forward with how quick we broke and all those rumours going around... Good God, I wouldn't like to be a, I wouldn't like to be a defender facing them three. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what I took out the game more than anything today was. I, I still think it's uh, glaringly obvious that we need we need a number nine. Phil, that, that's a, a really interesting point because you've got. I mean, Sancho has got his issues. We don't know when he's going to be back in. You would presume he'll be integrated back in over the winter period. Anthony was obviously on the bench and he showed a, a, a couple of good flashes when he came on, but you know. Rashford, Martial, Garnacho, those are all three forwards who are going to feature a lot um, in the coming months. They're going to have to, really. Um, you're not complaining with that with Rashford because obviously he's in good form at the moment, scored a great goal tonight. Garnacho, you're not going to criticise him too much because you know it's been a few weeks out and he, he ended the, the back end of that mini starts the season so well. So you know that those two are going to feature. You want to see Martial come in because there's a big vacation there in terms of the space that um, Ronaldo left. So those all of those players are going to get a chance. Um, so I'm, I'm not saying that that's the front three because obviously Anthony's going to come in and Sancho's going to play. Um, Lee, 
voice his concerns over the number nine. Um, what did you think of the potency of that front line tonight? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally agree with Lee there. I think, you know, when you've got such an attacking um, front three and, and with the pace that we've got, I think you, you, you definitely look at that and think if we had a you know world-class number nine, what what kind of team we could be? Because I think at this moment in time, we're, build, we're building blocks, you know, defensively, um, you know, with, with Varane and Martinez, we've, we've talked about that partnership being, you know, really good. And, and now Casemiro... Um, and Ericsson and Bruno in the midfield. I think now we're looking further forward, and if we could get a number nine who can, you know, be that target man and be somebody you can, you know, link the play and get in the box and score us twenty goals a season, then you know that's that's the missing link for me at this moment in time. But I think obviously at this moment in time we've got to we've got to make do with what we've got. I think Marshall's, you know, still. You can't really hang your hat on him all season because he's injury prone and he's he's you know in and out and he's not going to be you know the same level every single week. But I think at this moment in time, you just got to sort of give him the opportunity to to be that number nine and just see what he can do. I think pre season he looked really good, um, and you know Rashford's been brilliant this year. I think his his confidence is uh, back to where it needs to be in terms of getting the best out of him. Um, and you know, Ganacho's you know a young lad who's full of you know he's got no fear and he's gonna just keep getting better. So it's it's you know positive and and as you say, I think you know we will sort of uh, do well this year. But I think if we could get someone in in January to you know bolster that striking option, then there's no reason for me why we couldn't be you know challenging and and certainly you know top four would be a a, a sort of um, definite target that we could achieve, but then also we could probably go for a, a cup as well. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think the Lee. point I was trying to get across, I just think um, the, the the attacking players we've got to to name every one of them, I think they probably they play better out wide, which mm -hmm. says a lot for me. You know what I mean? If you look at the likes of who we've had in the past, you know he's he's been our number nine. You would have never thought of sticking them out on the on the wings and having a better game because the, the, their position was to. To get into positions, what we don't have the players at the moment to do, and, and and to know that when the balls do get took, you know, took over to them, and we're putting crosses, and we've got a we've got a focal figure uh, in there, which you know, I think it just it just for me, like Phil said, if we can get that, we're starting building a squad now where we've got you know two decent left backs, two decent four or five different centre backs, you know, we've got different options in midfield, four and five different options on on the on the wide the wide positions. I think if we can, you know, just nail that centre forward place down to a, a world class. To I don't, I, I think we need a world class centre forward. Don't get me wrong mm -hmm. to progress, but if we could get it, then I, I, like Phil said, I think we can, we can move on, move on and progress uh, quite quickly. I think what you find as well in with with all the um, teams around world football now, because of how football's evolved, a lot of the players are sort of inverted wingers or can play on the left, can yeah. play on the right, can play down the middle. So. When you're looking around now, at, you know potentially bringing in somebody in January. You know, there's there's not really that many options that don't, you know, come in that yeah, build yeah. proper number nine. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, if you look at all the, the the players that you'd probably think of, they can play on the left or the right as well. Yeah. You know, you, like Mbappe and people like that. You know, you can play anywhere across the front three. Really, um, it, it's it's a difficult one really to try and nail down because. There's not that many of them about anymore because they, they get shifted from the left to the right down the middle because the, the, that's just the way the game is. Yeah. 
I was going to make a point about that, Phil, because, I mean, the biggest thing with Marcus is, or it seems to be at least, that it's about confidence and instinct. When he's playing on instinct, and I don't want to, I don't want to put him in the same category as Wayne Rooney, but I, I think you as a former or a current forward, I know you're currently taking some time out, you're still a current forward, I'm not going <laughs> to put you retired just yet, but you no. know where I'm coming from in terms of, Rooney was so good with his instincts, but if you gave him sort of five seconds to take a chance, he'd, so he'd think too hard about it. Rashford is very similar in that. You saw it tonight when he's just running at the player and he's got a chance to take it. He's so instinctive, scores a great goal. And I think that plays into the point that you make about the inside forwards. They can interchange, they can move, they can attack different avenues of defence. And I think that's the point I want to ask really is that, yeah, all right, we... I think everyone, like Lisa, you know, it'd be wonderful to have someone like Mbappe in the team or or a sort of distinctive number nine. But if you don't have that, if you have three fluid players across the front line, if you've got a Rashford who is in the kind of form and confidence that he's in, it makes such a significant difference. And I think the the point I really want to ask you both about, about Rashford is this is a guy who's played 200 times or that for United. I haven't checked the stats, I haven't looked at them, but I know he's played over 200 because he scored 101 goals now. He's over 102. He's, he's, he's broken that barrier. And obviously, there's been a lot of patience in him to sort of overcome the difficulties that he's had over the last 18 months. And we're now reaping the benefits of that. And we don't know how long it's going to last. Hopefully, it will last for the rest of his career. You know, he's overcome it. It's a difficult period that we'll look back on and say what strength of character that he had. As a former lad who was comfortable with the club, particularly with you, Phil, as a, a former fellow striker at United, are you pleased to see that the club have sort of placed that faith in him, sort of give him that chance to overcome what he came through and then to see him do as well as he did in the World Cup as well as tonight? Yeah, oh, 100%. I think, you know, last year when, when you know, he was at rock bottom and you could see that his confidence had been completely drained, you know, it was... It was always going to take something miraculous, really, to get him back out of you know to where he is today in such a short turnaround, really. Um, but you know you've got to give him credit. I think he's worked his socks off. He's he's you know put his priorities right. I think he's you know all the all the great stuff that he's done off the pitch. Um, he's had to sort of park that and and you know refocus on on what his uh, main objective is. And I think he's definitely done that. And you've got to give the manager a lot of credit for that as well. I think he's took him under his wing, put a lot of faith in him. You know, he's made him basically the main man. Um, and I think, you know, he's repaired him 100% with that. I think, as you said there, you know, in the World Cup, he was he was probably, you know, one of England's best players. I think every time he come onto the pitch, he, he had an impact on the game, um, scored some great goals. Um, you know, his free kick was brilliant in the, um, the the game where he scored. And, and I think, you know, for me, he, he, he looks lively. And, it, like, you get on the edge of this, you see every time he's on the ball again, which is, you know, what all best players in world football make you do. So for me, you know, he's the first player on the team sheet at this moment in time, especially, you know, with the um the levels and the confidence that he's got back into his game now, which is which is great to see. Lee, is it worth the investment? I and mean, for me as a fan, it is, you know, like we've we've been through that period of difficulty, but then when you see him score against Liverpool like he did a couple of goals against Liverpool, oh the the winning goal against Liverpool. And you see him score against Arsenal and you're thinking, yes, this is what we want to see. We're so proud of him. He's from 
our club, you know, the thing that he's done for the country and everything like that. He's one of us. I have to tweet nearly every time he scores, <laughs> like Manchester Rashford, he's red. I feel like a compulsion to it. If I'm not at the game and I see him score, I've got to tweet it. Is it the same for you, someone who's been at the club, you've seen, you know, you've been through difficulties. So to see the club invest in him, is it the same for you? Do you, do you look at him and think, have we invested too much time and patience in him? Are we not going to see the reward that we should do? Or are you looking at him and thinking, no, I'm really proud that I'm part of that same lineage that he's coming through? Look, when it's when it's any homegrown play, and, and I'm sure Phil will, will reiterate this, you, you know, you, you're absolutely made up from. We always say we want our own to do well. I'm, I'm probably well, more than positive that's probably because of the process that we us both have been through. You know, you know what dedication, you know what. Uh, commitment you've got to put into not only stay at the level of the under 17s 18s 19s but like you said to play as many games as he's played for the first team and he's, he's still quite a young lad and to score the amount of goals he's scored that that takes a, a certain level of you know dedication and you know um, desire um, and when Phil just said then and it made me laugh it's um, is the first name on the team sheet and Phil's 100% right he is the first name on the team sheet but if you go back and listen to our podcast last year I'm sure I was calling out for him to go on loan to another league you know a foreign league to get his confidence back up we weren't putting it in a starting 11 you know we was kind of disappointed when he come off the bench to play because it, it you know his, his confidence was shot and to see the change around and what's happened and you know from there to now the, the, I can only put it down to the manager or someone behind the scenes and giving him that confidence and having a quiet word in his ear and, you know, putting an arm around him and, and letting him express himself again and giving him giving the ability to do what he can do and show his confidence. And, you know, because like we've always said, on his day, um, the, you know, the ability, the natural ability he's got is, is as good as anybody. It's as good as anybody, but we just didn't see it last year. This year, it's chalk and cheese. We're seeing him, you know. I think the main thing is he's got a smile on his face when he's playing too. Because when, when he was playing last season, he, he, he looked like he didn't want to be there. He didn't look like he wanted to be on the pitch. You know, he looked like he just wanted the ground to open up sometimes and swallow him or to be took off the pitch. Now he looks like he's, he's looking for the ball. He's looking to make things happen when he's on the ball. And that's down to confidence. And there's nothing else but confidence that, that, that that's made that change around. And um, I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for the club. I'm so happy for the fans because, like I say, it's not just the likes of the lads who's been there and played from. Like you just said, the fans when they see a homegrown player, you have a, you have a different connection with them. I think you know you want you want them straight away to do well um, and to come back from where he was last year to watch where he is now. You know, it's it, it's great for not just the club but for everybody involved with Man United and, and third play to Marcus Rashford for for turning it around because there's, there's a, a hell of a lot of players out there with you know probably a bit of a bit of a worse attitude or you know not 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 got the right head and you know they could have been finished so fair play to Marcus Rashford for it. Yeah. It's it's not only brilliancy, it's like really emotional. It's one of those things like I think it's, there are a few clubs, maybe only United really with that connection to to the homegrown players. I, I know that everyone every club does have a special connection to a player that's come through the, their system, but it's different at United because we've got such a, a legacy of it. So when you see someone, and, and, and especially Marcus, because he's such a credit to the country as well, and you want him to, to do well because you know that he's got the talent to do it. And to see him, the only issue that I've got or the only reservation that I've got or concern is that it, it was against Burnley. Do you know what I mean? You want it, 
I'm somewhat comforted by the fact that it was that he did so well in the World Cup. So you're thinking, all right, this this is a player who's got his confidence back, his mojo's back. Struggled a little bit in the first half, but once he got the measure of Benson, the the goal was just magnificent. Um, it's not going to be the longest podcast tonight, guys. It's just a post-match reaction, and, and these guys are doing so well despite struggling with their voices. So I'm not going to keep them for too long. <clears throat> just a couple more questions. The first one that I want to come on, we both talked about it. Earlier. We've all talked about it earlier. Casemiro at centre back. Um, United have got a few issues there. Maguire was out with an illness tonight, apparently, so he, he couldn't um, play. Um, Lindelof did an okay job. No problem there. Obviously, we would suspect that Varane and Martinez are going to be the starting choice because of how well they did in the World Cup. Aside from the fact that they were the first choice before the World Cup, Varane's got that issue at the moment. Obviously, he'd limped out of the, the final. If it came to it, are we comfortable to see Casemiro at centre-half in the Premier League, considering... I mean, first of all, are you comfortable seeing him at centre-half Considering what he brings to the defence, are you comfortable seeing him at centre half? Considering what he will remove from the midfield, um, Lee, I'll come to you first with that one. I want to see him in midfield, mate. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you. I don't want to see him. Is is when, when I've watched him today, it, it, it was it was so good today. But the passes, what he was producing from from the centre half position, was just ignorant. You know, sometimes I was like, where's he even? Where's he coming up for that? It's just the intelligence he's got on the ball. Um, he is a lot better than I thought he was. I've got to be honest. He's uh, when he comes to the club, I was I was fifty fifty when he come. I know he's won a lot, you know, but he's been with a great team for a number of years, and I wasn't hundred percent sure. And even when he first started with us, and you'll, I'm sure you'll all remember, it, it, it was a little bit shaky getting up to pace. But he's a Rolls Royce of a midfield player as a defensive midfield player. We were screaming out for it last year, absolutely screaming from the hilltops that we needed a decent defensive. Uh, midfield player, but he doesn't just do the defensive part well, which, by the way, he does absolutely immaculately. He cleans up immaculately, but the the the, the quality and the vision and the, the you know the the passing what he can do, you you can't you can't take him out of that role now. For me, like Phil said, you've got you've got Rashford at the moment, and for me, you've got your Casemiro and probably Martinez, where there are three pinpointed lads who's who's got to start every game. Um, I'd like him. I mean. Don't get me wrong, I think that the, the, the purring at centre-back is always going to be, at the moment, Martinez and Varane. Um, what I particularly liked, I've seen a video on uh, on YouTube about Varane uh, in the final, and I didn't know he had this quality in him, but he looks like an absolute leader in the dressing room too, when things were going right at oh, half. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, I, I didn't know Varane had that in him. He, he, he didn't come across as that type of guy in the changing room for me. It was great to see, um, you know, a, a different side than I thought he had. Um, but I don't, I also wouldn't be too upset, you know, if Varane's got a little bit of a niggle. Let Avi Maguire step in again. Um, you know, he, he, again, he, did, he didn't put a foot wrong in the World Cup. And we've seen the hangover he had from the Euros. And hopefully, you know, he's over that now. And he can bring a little bit of confidence from what he did at the World Cup. And, um, you know, bring a bit of form. And hopefully get his, get his career back set there too. But for the question for me, Casemiro's got to start as a as a defensive centre midfield player. There you go, Phil. Um, yeah, Lee, completely convinced that Casemiro should be at centre midfield uh, midfield in that holding role that he's he has done so well for United. Is is that what's something that you go along with? Yeah, no, I agree totally there with Lee. I think um, 
you know, tonight he's he's done great and some of the passing was was outrageous really from that position. But um yeah, just reiterating what Lee said really, I think he's he's far better in that um central defensive midfield role. Um maybe in the Premier League, you know, if you've got the likes of him and Martinez at centre half, you might get a little bit, you know, caught out at times with the with the size and maybe a little bit of um you know naivety because he's not centre half. But um I think he's somebody we've got now who's proven that he can play in that position if, if we're ever struggling or you know, we ever need a, a player who can step in and do that. But I think he's, he just brings so much more to the table in that uh, central defensive midfield role. So, yeah, just agree with Lee. And, and I think that's his, his best position by a mile. He's been one of our best players, certainly, um, this year. Yeah. I would tend to agree with you. My role as host is to provide a devil's advocate. I, I, think, I think he's got the football intelligence. I think you could play him as a number nine and I don't think he'd have a bad game. I think he's, he's got that all-of-earned intelligence to be able to play in a position on the park and, and you know, and do a job. I, I think that's the point, isn't it, Lee? Like, you get a player like that and they, they generally are midfield dictators, aren't they? Those players who can play anywhere, you, you put them in the middle of the park because they can dictate the pace of the game and my God, how United have missed a play like that. And he certainly does all that. I, I do agree with you earlier. I, You know what I'm like. I'm a very patient kind of guy with the players. So I didn't have the same reservation as you earlier on where you know where people were sort of clamouring for him to get in the team. I'm thinking, no, Ten Hag hopefully knows what he's doing with him. And then as soon as he was in, you could see the profound difference that he made in there. Yeah. Um, it, he's like, it, it, I, I don't want to be too critical of McTominay and Fred, but he does both of the jobs that we want them to do, and he does them so well um, to a world-class standard um, to the point where you are tempted with some bias to say that he's the best midfielder of that kind of profile in the league by a considerable distance. Um, but we will. We are in December, technically only three months. <laughs> to I don't want to get too carried away. I'm allowed to be biased sometimes, lads. I'm allowed to get carried away sometimes. Um Speaking about getting carried away, this is the question I'm going to close the podcast on. I want to know, this is the Christmas episode. We won't be back until possibly just before the new year or or just after it. Um, I want to know, if you were if you were picking a Christmas present for Manchester United for the second half of the season that you think is going to take them to where you want them to go, and it can be as realistic or as unrealistic as you want if you think that the signing that you would make or the change that you would make would be taking them to the title or it would be guaranteeing top four or a trophy. Um, what's the change that you would make in January? I presume that it would be a transfer that you would pick for United to, um, I guess, for Ten Hag to make or for United to make, even if it's to do with the ownership of the club or anything like that. Um in the next couple of weeks, two or three weeks that they would make that would guarantee what you want for them for the end of the season. Uh, Phil, I'll come to you first. I'm glad you come to me first because I think I'm probably pinching what Lee was going to say. Um, <laughs> I, I, knew, just, I knew he was going to say the same here. Go on. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think for me, if 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 United are going to you know be consistent and and you know going in deep in a competition this year, I think they just need a, another centre forward. Obviously Cristiano's left. Um, you know, Martial's been in and out and injury prone. I think obviously Marcus has proved that he can play in in that central role. But I think for me, if we could get another centre forward in who can, you know, be that 
person to build off and, and a platform and who can get us them 15, 20 goals a season. Um, I, I, I can't look past us doing really well this year because, as I said, we've, we've got all them uh, little, you know, partnerships building up now with the back four. You've got Martinez and, and Varane. You know, Shaw's been doing really well. Um, Dallow's improved massively. You know, that midfield trio of, of Casemiro, Bruno and Eriksen. Um, and, and as I said, you know, the front three, um, if we can get another striker in, it's, it's you know, I wouldn't want to be playing against that kind of kind of front three because of the pace the threat that they've got. So for me, yeah, just if we can get centre-forward through the door in January, you can, you know, bolster that attacking options in a central position. Um, uh, for me, there's no reason why top four and a, and a trophy isn't achievable this year. Did he meet your answer? <clears throat> So, so, in other words, what he means is he wants Mbappe like I do. <laughs> well, Lee, I, I was going to say, no, Phil said he wants a goal scorer who can, you know, lead that line. Yeah. yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to be a little bit mischievous. There's a goal scorer on the market. He's on a free transfer in his late 30s now, but he's got plenty of Premier League experience. Doesn't have a club. <laughs> There's a little bit of criticism about him lately. He's um he likes the number seven. We've got the number seven shirt available. And I'm not saying Ronaldo would return. I'm I'm I'd be a bit naughty with that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I guess you're going along with the, the line. Well, um, Phil said there, you know, um, a number nine or or a number seven. Someone to fill that number seven shirt for six months. Um, it's a it's a striker that you'll be looking at then. I, I'd be looking at a striker, mate. Yeah, I said, like I said, I said it at the beginning of the podcast. We're building a squad now, and we're building a, a decent squad. Do you know what I mean? Um, when we're just going off, going off uh, what we've just been on about before. If you remember last year, we kept saying that we, we thought we needed a spine all the way there in the centre and build off the yeah. spine. So we didn't have one. I think with uh, Martinez now, and and possibly Varane when he's fit, you've got your, you've got your, your centre, you've got the defender Casemiro as a midfield player. I still think we're missing that solid number nine up front, mate. And I think once we've got that and the players and the squad around it, you know, we, we, there's no reason, like you say, we shouldn't be challenging for a minimum, minimum top four. Um, whether it's realistic or not, whether we get anyone in January, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, if we stay with the squad we've got, I think reaching top four will be an achievement. It's, uh, you know, it's a, quite easily an achievement we can reach. But I think if we had a, a, you know, a, a solid number nine up there. Even if it were Mbappe, even if you had your lights, so let's play devil's advocate, you had Harry Kane up there, he's going to guarantee you, you're going to get goals off him, you know. Um, you know, we'd be a much stronger squad for it. And like Phil mentioned about the, the midfield three, and uh, you've got, you know, your Ericsson, your Bruno and your Casemiro. If you look at, if they get injured, you can still put your thread in. You know it's going to do a decent job, you know what I mean? We're, we're getting that under understudy now in the yeah. first team of, of, of strength and depth. So uh, I'm more than happy with what Eric Tenag's doing at the moment and what he's done since he's been in there. I just feel now we need to bolster that, that centre-forward role a little bit more. Yeah. No, I'm, I was teasing earlier, Lee, but I, I, Kylian Mbappe is my favourite player in world football at the moment. He was so scintillating to watching the World Cup. I know everyone was saying it was Messi's World Cup, but for me, I thought it was Mbappe's. Yeah. I thought that performance that I saw in the final was just extraordinary. And um, yeah, you know, I know his idol growing up was Cristiano. You know, you've seen all the pictures with the posters on the wall and everything like that. And you kind of think, you know, 
maybe Cantona might have a word in his ear or something so that you know he can be idolized in this certain way because let's face it money's not going to be an object once he leaves Paris you know it's, it's going to be about stature in the game and I know that the old entire likelihood is that he's going to end up at Real Madrid or, or somewhere like that but it is a dream and I, I, I was taking the mick earlier but if there's one player I'd want at United it's definitely him for sure the, the other uh, thing we've not mentioned which seems to be getting mentioned a lot is the is Gapco He's not mentioning him on the podcast and he seems uh, the more likely view it looks like we're going to go down. Certainly what I'm seeing in the news and on social media, he, he's looking more favourable to sign than uh, than anyone else at the moment. What do you think about that if I ask you the question? Because I'm, I'm still not 100% on him yet. We had a good World Cup, for sure. Um, I would The one thing I would say is Ten Hag's choices have all been sound. I wouldn't mm-hmm. question any of them. Um, and even if it was, I'm not saying Mbappe over Gagpo for sure, but United have a long history of not getting the player that everyone wants them to get, but they get the second-choice player. And the second-choice player is generally the better option in terms of how it's worked out for United. Um, as much as, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not comparing Gagpo to Mbappe, nor would I even want to put them in the same kind of field of comparison. But... Um, like Phil was talking about earlier, is that kind of inside forward that can interchange positions and you never know how that's going to work. You would have never thought, I guess, that Ronaldo and Rooney would work out where one would be a, a defined goal scorer. You would never have put your money on that being Ronaldo in 2003 or 2004. You know, it just works out in a different way. Um, Gakpo is someone, obviously, that Tenog likes. Um, there's been the links there from the summer. Um I don't know how serious it is. They would happen in January. It's, it's going to be a weird month, isn't it, really, Phil? If you think about the fact that um, after a World Cup, a lot of major transfers occur, it feels like January is going to be a weird month for that. Not necessarily because United will have money to, to splash. I don't think that they do. But a lot of players will probably be pushing for a move instantly after the tournament. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think he was one player that I, I, I did think of, but um, as you say, you know, if, if you've got a choice between him and Mbappe, then it's a no-brainer. But I think he would be a good option. Um, I mean, I've not seen masses of him, but I think what I have seen, I do like him. I think he had a decent World Cup with Holland, and um, he looks like he could be a handful. Um, obviously, if the manager likes him and rates him, then you know we've 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 got to trust him because, as you said, I think that every player he's brought in up to now has, has been a good addition to the squad. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, some incomings and outgoings in January because, as you say, straight off the World Cup, fresh from the World Cup, there's been a lot of players there who've shown really well. Um, you know, there'll probably be a few of them Moroccan players who get moves off the back of that. I think that Amrabat was... Amrabat was phenomenal, wasn't it? Phenomenal. He was, on the he was a, you know, probably... Other than, you know, your Mbappes and Messi's, he was probably a player at tournament for me. Mm. Um, with, with the way he went about his business, just, you know, absolutely ran the game, majority of the games he played, and he just never stopped running. Um, but, yeah, th- th- there were some really good players who showing up there. So I'll, t- I'll tell you what I did like. I'll tell you what I did like, and it, it surprised me. And when Because he got linked with us heavily last year. Rabio, I thought Rabio had a good Rabiot. tournament. Yeah. yeah, it surprised me massively because when he was uh, being linked with Rabio, and I think it was an Outovic at the same time, one eight, I was like, no, what are we doing? And then I watched him in the World Cup and I thought, do you know what? It would have been about time not to be fair. <laughs> Like Griezmann for me, like I know obviously, yeah, yeah. 
No, he's he's not a centre forward, but I think the role he plays for France is outstanding. Like yeah, he works yeah. the link up play, what he was, he was the linking yeah. in, the, in the few balls he was putting through was the United was, was yeah. absolutely outstanding. Yeah, so it, it'll be interesting because there's a lot of players there who are you know maybe looking to to move on, and and you know a lot of clubs will be keeping keeping tabs on I that. I think I think Felix is another option. What's been mentioned quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, Felix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They all talk about him. I think that might be a little, considering the money that Atletico paid for him, it'd be probably a bit an outside option. But mm-hmm. um, well, you never know. You never know with United. The stranger things will happen at any time of the year. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be an interesting one. You would think that United need an option in January, just a different option to sort of um, liven it up to boost it after Ronaldo's departure and just give another boost around the club. Um, but to be fair, Tinog's doing that anyway. Um, and we'll see how, how the, the progress develops over the next few weeks. Um, guys, really thank you for your time. After, you know, like I know you're both sort of going through illnesses at the moment, so it's really good to get you on tonight. Hopefully we'll get you on before the new year, if not just after, to talk about um, the games that happen over Christmas. Um, if you're watching live on YouTube, feel free to give us a like and subscribe. We really appreciate that. And if you're watching the replay, again, do feel free to comment. We do reply to the the, re, um, the replay comments as well. If you're listening back on the audio podcast, please be sure to like and subscribe on that platform you're listening on. And if you're listening before Christmas, I guess it's a good time to wish you a happy Christmas and all the best for the new year. Thanks for supporting the podcast, for subscribing, for reviewing, for being with us, for for engaging with the shows and everything like that with us on social media as well. Definitely appreciate it by me and I'm sure by the lads. We'll be back in um, a short time to discuss United's games over the winter period. Um, Until then, stay safe, stay well, and thanks for listening and watching.